Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. afternoon we want to welcome you to the one the only hog talk podcast part of the believe and buzz radio network and you can hear us on all podcast platforms as well as the buzz Two on 106.7 in central arkansas so please like rate and review our podcast and we're always coming to you live from the Corey hyman studios i'm your host porter hayes of sports and culture arkansas and alongside me is jacob davis from arkansas fight and now, Saturday Down South. So we're brought to you by Bet Online, And our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball championship finals, which it was the Golden State Warriors, and the NHL Hockey Conference Finals, Major League Baseball, and the latest fighting news on even next season's early NFL futures. Bet Online, where the game starts and we are currently watching the game between Arkansas and Auburn. It is 9-0 in the top of the seventh. And after a lackluster kind of performance last night, Jacob, it was very important for them to get on top of Auburn. And they did that before I could even get the chicken off my Blackstone. <laughs> man, I tell you what, I hope you're enjoying that Blackstone, man. That, that stuff, it, it, it's good, really good. I, I actually like to cook my burgers on it too. But, yeah, they uh, they really – Got it going early, man, and and they haven't looked back. I, before the game, I told everybody I knew that I think Arkansas will probably win this game nine to two. Score in the seventh inning is nine to nothing. So I guess I was kind of on. I said last night we were going to lose to Ole Miss uh, seven to three. So I guess my predictions have been kind of close to what uh, has actually happened this weekend. But hey, now Arkansas, they're they're going to beat Auburn tonight. Looks like unless there's a, some kind of uh, comeback that they mount. But Arkansas, man, they taking care of business two out of the three games. They were they were right there with Ole Miss yesterday. They were going, uh, you know, at bat to at bat against these guys, and and Ole Miss are just getting hot at the right time. And and you knew Ole Miss, they were ranked number one in the country. Let's let's forget about them being one of the last teams that were uh, picked to be in the NCAA tournament. Let's remember that they were the preseason number one team in the country led by Tim Elko, and they're they're living up to that billing. Uh, I mean, obviously, they're undefeated uh, during the NCAA tournament play, and Arkansas is probably going to have to win. Uh, they're they're going to have to play in the next two games if they get out of this game against Auburn tonight. So it's going to be tough, man, but I think Arkansas has got the bullpen ready and they got the starting pitching ready 
to go toe-to-toe with those guys. Yeah, they're going to end up having to double dip, you know, what we call it in the baseball softball world when you have to come back from loser's bracket and, and, and beat the same team, yeah. same team twice. So, I, I've been hearing kind of things, you know, you don't know where Connor Nolan is when he's ready, but i tell you what, him pitching the least amount of pitches that he did the other night is really going to help him. He didn't go nine full innings and throw over 100 pitches, you know, the other night. So, he should be ready to go. And in this kind of setting, when it, it, from here on out, it's win or go home. So, it, right. it's not like, you know, you almost have to kind of see where he's at and throw him if, you know, barring you get out of this game. But against that first game against Ole Miss, and look, just like Arkansas, Arkansas and Ole Miss is in the same predicament. You know, three weeks ago, who's seen Arkansas in the College World Series? I didn't. Nobody. We, we talked about no. that last week. I ate the crow and, and, and said that I didn't see them being where they are. Am I glad they are? Yes, and I'll take it. And, and the same thing with Ole Miss. And of the five teams that are left right now, Four of them are in the SEC West. And if you want to go ahead and kind of, you know, loophole and, and go ahead and start counting OU, if this tournament was played three years from now, every single team left in the College World Series is from the SEC. And yeah. everybody has talked about the dominance in football, dominance in football, and we're the SEC. But you look at it, basically it's been, you know, Alabama's been dominant or Georgia and Alabama or LSU and Alabama. We've never seen a dominance in a sport quite like what's going on right now with the SEC West in baseball. And we've known that the SEC is tough when it comes to, you know, the baseball, but it gets lost because it's not football. It's not basketball. You know, it's the, in in terms of popularity, you know, it's the lesser of the big three, I I should say, you know, in a grand scheme. I know all the baseball fans are probably yelling at me right now, but you know, when it comes to the big three, it always falls under that category. It's just the lesser of the other two. So, but it's really good to see Arkansas, you know, bounce back. We knew big game Mac was coming in and, and what he did against North Carolina that we knew he could do it. And it's like, of course, there's a lot of controversy from last night, why they didn't start him. And, but you never know what scenario you're going to get in. You never know, say you throw him and he gets touched up in that first inning. Now you've burnt him. And you still got to go play, you know, Auburn again tonight and then try to beat, you know, Ole Miss two in a row. So, it's a a big gamble when it comes to baseball. And when we come into the College World Series setting and you get in that loser's bracket and you have to double dip and fight your way back into the winner's bracket or to get to that championship series, I mean, like it's you're you're playing Russian roulette. You don't ever know. And so, it was really good for the seat them come out and come out on fire and show that they can get their bats going. But I'm telling you what, we don't know what kind of pitching they're going to run into with Ole Miss, who they've got left. You know, we got to think about that when it comes to who is Ole Miss going to throw if they, you know, get to that part where they got to double dip them. So it's going to be cool to see what happens going forward. And we'll see here in the future what happens. Yeah, and I even tweeted out this morning uh, or late this afternoon, I said the ideal – pitching rotation would be starting uh Willie Dilly, which is Will Will McIntyre, who's I think he has tied Isaiah Campbell or will tie Isaiah Campbell's uh strikeout record uh for uh by a Razorback for most strikeouts in the College World Series. That'd be really cool. But uh having Hagen Smith available as a starter 
instead of just a reliever. The guy has thrown magic uh, over the past couple of weeks. And then you've uh, and then you you put in Zeb Vermillion, who hasn't thrown very many pitches. He only pitched in the ninth inning uh, in the victory against Stanford. So obviously you still have arms in the pen, and you have Connor Nolan, who you hope can go seven, maybe eight and a quarter innings, so or eight and a third inning. And so that that's something I'm looking forward to seeing. And uh, I hope Arkansas, man, I know their bats have been hot and they're hitting the ball uh, not just situationally anymore, but they are hitting it up and down the up and down the lineup in any kind of uh, whether it's one out, two outs, you know, they're, they're getting it, they're getting it down. They're getting base hits and and they're doing well. So uh, I think Arkansas showing their part that they're a complete team now. And I think, I mean, I believe that, you know, Arkansas can still get to the finals. It's just going to be a little bit harder, especially playing Ole Miss and they're, they're tough. Like we said earlier. Yeah. And and you take out what the, the new rivalry, when you talk about, um, Tennessee and that new confound rivalry, but you don't forget that the Ole Miss and Arkansas was, you know, it was right up there with LSU when it comes to baseball rivalries and who you looked for every year. So it was kind of, you know, you know what you're getting. This team know they know each other very well, and to see Nolan be able to, you know, throw, you know, Will's only thrown 82 pitches. It's not like yeah. he's going out there. They could pull him right now, you know, through six innings, and he's struck out nine, and, and his pitch counts at 82. I don't I would love to have uh, our, our buddy guru, Kevin Bohannon, to really kind of help break it down when it comes to, you know, is that too much to say you throw Connor in, in the game first game against Ole Miss, and then if they do, can you go back to Will McIntyre? Can you try to get, you know, three more innings out of him? You know, it, it, it's – you don't know when it comes – like I said before, you know, when it comes to a – Loser go home situation. Can you try to use him like you did a uh, Kevin Copps and maybe try to get just three to four innings out of him and then bring somebody in to finish it out? But you know it will be really interesting when it comes to what you know the Ole Miss lineup and what they just the, they've come in so hot and I've been hearing on the radio what, what they've been able to do with getting their pitching rotation. It's same thing with Arkansas. It's so hit and miss with you don't know what Arkansas team you're going to get, just same way with Ole Miss. You don't know what team you're going to get out of them. And it last night really reminded me of that game two against – or the game one against NC State when Arkansas just pummeled them, and it seemed like NC State was just throwing whoever out there they could, you know, out of the bullpen because yeah. they knew, all right, all right, they Arkansas's got this one in the bag, and they're going to come back and – we're really going to go after him. And it really worked out to NC State's favor, of course. We know what happened. So maybe that's going to, you know, be poised to be. And it's not as hard as the other sports when it comes to winning two. You know, it's it's definitely possible. We know it can happen. And we've seen it before. So it it does give you, you know, shed some light and – as we're watching right now, you know, Auburn just got a – ended up getting a home run. So, it's 9-1 now in the bottom of the seventh. So, but uh, it, it does give – it's not like you're down 21 points in the fourth quarter in a basketball game or, or, I mean, a football game, or you're down by 15 with two minutes left in the, you know, second half of a basketball game. You get down and you've got to beat somebody twice. You win that first game, you still get to play another game. And it's – I mean, it it's best against best. And it gives you – that promise of knowing that it can be done. It's been done before. So I'm really looking forward to where, where they go from here and how they come back. And we got to remember, fans, that 
we were just happy for them to get here. I'm not saying not to be sulking in a loss. You always want your team to win, but what this team overcame just to get to the point, we have to remember the grand scheme of them getting to Omaha and being at the point in Omaha. Everybody thought, you know, everybody was rooting for Arkansas to go 0-2. They didn't. And now they're, they're you know, just a couple of games of, of making it to the championship series. So either way, I'm proud of this team and looking forward to what happens in the future with this team. Yeah, I was even doubting. And I tweeted that out last month uh, when – when Arkansas lost eighteen to five to Alabama, and on the road, and we, I just thought they were done. Thought they were dead in the water. Didn't think they were going to do uh, much of anything during the tournament, uh, SEC tournament. And they didn't. They went zero and two. Which Ole Miss, they, I mean, they were like two and two and done in the SEC tournament as well. So these two teams are out there proving, uh, uh, you know, trying to trying to prove themselves that they belong. And and look, I mean, the all this there's a likelihood that we could see an all-SEC final if Texas A&M can take care of business against Oklahoma here, too. So it, it's going to be interesting, man, uh, going forward. Uh, if Arkansas can, can get through Auburn tonight and then and then go through Ole Miss, I, man, it, like we said, it's a crapshoot in Omaha. It is one of the hardest things to do is win, win the College World Series. And as we saw earlier, we saw – Saw the PTSD right before the uh, fifth inning began, and and they they just had to replay the 2018 pop fly. <laughs> They'll never get over. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like Arkansas is doing so good, that. and they just have to yeah. just stab you in the heart one last time. I don't. Yeah. You know, it's just one of them things. It's just that that yeah. pop fly is just as about as like them saying, "Hey, do you know who Robert Moore's dad is?" It's like they just got to throw it in there one last time, and and yeah. really, you know, did you know? Did you know Jalen Battles? He stole Van Horn's number. Stole it from him. I mean, went into his office like Debo and got his chain. And and then all this time, and Dave Van Horn didn't even know it until now. I mean, I think he just found out today that Jalen Battles has his number. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane, you know. Hopefully he'll I, give it I back. Connor Nolan, I had no idea Connor Nolan started against Missouri and Tulsa back in 2018 with the football team. Had no clue that that even happened. Yeah. I just thought that was crazy. Like, Look, I, I did not know Connor Nolan. That's been so long ago. had no idea. That well, did you know at one point that Auburn and Arkansas were both 0-1 in the College World Series? I mean, it's crazy. They were. It, they it's were? crazy, yeah. In, in the bracket. It showed the bracket on ESPN that Auburn and Arkansas oh, were 0-1. I totally forgot about yeah. that. Man, I was the one that even yeah. – I mean, it's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. You, okay. Man. That just shows yeah. you how lazy the mothership has gotten. And I will. I, I, I used to look up to that network. I used yeah. to look up everybody. Everybody remembers the greats. And I'm not going to mention their name. Everybody can fill in the blanks. But everybody can remember the greats that used to be the host of that, that show we all watched as kids. And to watch this thing fall apart and just to see how lazy it's gotten. And oh, yeah. for you to throw a graphic up like that, and, and not only that one, but there's been multiple ones that countless – that just make you shake your head, and you're like, you're supposed to be the worldwide leader in sports. You're supposed to be that number one, and you can't even get a bracket right with all the technology. There's no excuses. I mean, I mean, let me show you people how easy it is to to really just. 
I mean, I'm creating one right now. You know, I mean, you're, I, I'm ESPN. I'm going to play ESPN right now. And because they did it in the Texas game at, at a local news station that said Texas beat Arkansas. But after the game, Arkansas won, and they're, like, showing in the highlights. Well, Texas beats Arkansas. You know, it, it's, it's crazy how you are the worldwide leader in sports or you're this big-time network, and you can just screw things up like that right there. You know, it's yeah. easy as that. You know, and you look at that, and you're just running that, and you could be like quickly just be like, oh, we forgot it. No, we'll run with it. Who cares? You know, and it's just – it's disrespect. It's lazy. And it's almost like when are they going to take a look at themselves and show what they do? And I'm just saying, like, you know, because I throw this up here and I leave this up here, just like this for 45 yeah. seconds or a minute – and if we're not talking about this, and I just leave, you know how many comments we would probably get, or hey, the score's oh, wrong. Yeah. But you know what? It's it, it's proving a point that that just shows you where the big time people are, and, and they don't fact check, they don't care, and it's like right. they have no respect for the sports that they really cover. Oh yeah, it, it's ridiculous. On on to something else. Yeah. What's the what's the baseball? T- oh, they're on commercial right now. But man, they. I look, I, I am super proud. I, I didn't say that earlier, but I am super proud of this baseball team and where they've come from. Just like when, when they lost that 18-5 to game against Alabama, there, there is nobody prouder than that baseball team. They believe in themselves. And I remember when uh, after the game against Oklahoma State, I think it was the first game that they, they came back and beat them 16-10, to 16-14, to something like that. And, and Robert Moore went, looked over there at, at uh, one of his teammates, and he said, dude, we can come back. We're down 10-5, to but we can come back. And lo and behold, I mean, Jalen Battles hits that grand slam after going up 12-10, to and then Lanzilli goes up and hits that home run. And, I mean, it just changed the whole the whole makeup of this team, where this team's confidence is. And, and that, that Oklahoma State uh, regional really helped Arkansas gain their confidence back and, and look, I look back at the Super Regional now and think, man, that North Carolina Regional, it wasn't even in question the whole time. But we've become conditioned through through the past decade to believe that the, the worst is going to happen. You, uh, and I, I tweeted this out last night, by the way, and I, I don't have a verified profile right now, which stinks. So if you if you do have, if you do want to follow me on Twitter and catch my, any of my up to date stuff at at Jacob Davis SEC. Uh, but I, I tweeted something out last night about the, you know, after Ole Miss, uh, after Ole Miss kind of put it on Arkansas last night, Arkansas fans in the last decade, they've survived John Pelfrey, a bike wreck, John L. Smith, Jeff Long, Brett Bielema, the foul ball, North Texas, San Jose state, Western Kentucky, the whole Chad Morris era, a wild coaching search and NC state. That's a lot. If a fan base has an excuse to be unstable, it is this one. I've said that so many times, Jacob, that, you know, I said that months ago that if any, when when we really started winning in all these programs, I said there's no other fan base that deserves this more than Arkansas fan base. They're the most loyal, and this is not sunshine pumping. This is straight facts. There's no, I mean, People are going out there spending thousands of dollars to make sure that they're number one in a, a Jello shot competition. 
You can yeah. laugh that all you want, but I take a pride in that. Like they're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure they say we are the best fan base. We're the best yeah. fan base in all of college sports. And you know what Mississippi State did last year? We're going to shatter that record. And over 6,000 shots have been sold. And I know people were coming out, well, you got people throwing thousands of dollars and, hey, get 70. It still goes on the tally. A win's a win. People yeah, are spending yeah. their money how they want to. You know, and if, if one guy wants to go put his credit card and he wants to buy 100 shots for the round for the namesake of Arkansas – that's still showing pride to the fan base, and you can you can you you can do it however you want to do it. But into the end of the day, no matter what, even win or lose, they're going to show you that we're proving that Arkansas has the best fans in all of college sports. And I'm going to say this, and I know I've brought this team up, my team up in a couple of uh, podcasts over the years, but I mean, I even put them up against my own fan base. And just how passionate my fans are towards the team. But there's what I've witnessed over the years. I mean, you go back to the 80s, 70s, 80s, and the 90s when I was a kid and Corliss Williamson and Scotty Thurman and Todd Day, Lee Mayberry, the triplets, you know, Quinn Grovey, all the greats, Barry Foster, Madre Hill, all the greats that have come through the state of Arkansas and played for this university, there's no, when it comes down to it, there's no other fan base when it comes to all the sports. And now we're seeing it in the women's sports and, and where they're at on that side of things. And now they're finishing in the top 10 in the Director's Cup. At the Challenge Cup, I think it's the Challenge Cup or Director's Cup. I, I, it always Director's throws Cup. me. Yeah, Director's right. Cup. Directors. But they're, now they're finishing top 10 in that. But the, if they would really do a legit non-biased poll on who they think is the best fans in college sports. If you don't have Arkansas in your top five or top three, then I don't even want to see the list. But that's, that, I'm, I'm, I'm just telling you, this is straight up. Yeah, You see yeah. my background and where I'm at. Oh, yeah. You know where my beginnings are and who I who my loyalties with, but I've seen this living in this state for 40 years quoting a line from <laughs> Eddie and Clarksville, you know, for over 44 decades, you know what I'm saying? It, there, there's no rival when it comes to the best fan base. And we see it all the time in our comments and our likes and our posts and win or lose. Yeah, they don't like to see them lose, but that's what makes them the fans. And you see right now, you know, and hopefully they can win and get to the championship series against whoever it is on that other side that they will face. But – I just wanted to throw that out there that there's no doubt in my mind who the best fans in all of college sports are. No, and there's no, there is no doubt because you, there is no team fans that can blow up a Twitter feed like Razorback fans. I mean, I know a lot of people say the hog Twitter's toxic, especially after a loss, but my goodness gracious, these fans, if you step on one of them, you're going to get the whole the whole uh, group of fans after your rear end, especially when, uh, when it comes to Tennessee fans. And my gosh, man, <laughs> I saw a tweet from a Tennessee beat writer. I, I know you probably saw it, but he said, Tennessee is 6-1 and one against the, uh, the remaining SEC teams that are in the field of Omaha. Uh, okay, that, congratulations, Wes. You want a cookie? Tennessee is still sitting at home eating munchies on the couch watching baseball. 
I guess he wants a participation trophy because that's all you're going to get. I mean, that's the thing. If that's not narcissist of you're sitting at home and you're still trying to make this about you, just sit this one out. You know, sit it out. And and And, and we've gotten over the – go ahead. No, I don't know of any fans last year from the Razorback side of things that didn't cheer for NC State before they got royally screwed by the NCAA and getting kicked out of the NCAA Tournament and College World Series. I, I don't remember a Razorback fan going and tweeting out or any kind of journalist that said, man, Arkansas beat every single one of these Omaha participants uh, this season. Boo freaking who? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and that, but you do have – I mean, that's the thing, though. I mean, it, it happens, and you're going to get both yeah. sides of it. I mean, oh, yeah. if, if Tennessee – or let's not say Tennessee. Let, let's say, you know, because Mississippi State did win it. But if it had been an SEC team that beat Arkansas to go to the College World Series, it'd be the same way. I mean, we, yeah, we have yeah, to realize, yeah. and this is where I really kind of – if you're going to throw it, you got to be able to take it. All right? Oh, yeah. But – but I'll say this a big but. You have every right to throw it, and they have every right to throw it. But you don't call them out because it, you do the same thing. Like, I, let, let's just say for fun, Arkansas had a similar year that Tennessee did. Tennessee deserves every bit of what they got last, you know, this year. They, got, they deserve every bit, but last year. Arkansas deserved every bit of what they got because they were the clear number one. They were the number one team. They were for sure going to Omaha, and they got beat. So all the trash that the Arkansas fans got and Arkansas Twitter got, they deserved because, I mean, it, it, it's just fandom. It, it's, it's, yeah. it's just the way everything works. You have to have it both ways. But guess what? We get to give it back because last year doesn't matter to this year. That's just the way things are. Just, you know, when Tennessee's sitting at home and they're still trying to be salty about it, hey, you know what? That's what you get for all your bat flips. That's what you get. What really, And I want to say something. What really pissed me off about what Tennessee did is, is the whole, and this will never leave my mind, is when Auburn done the bat flip, they cried about the bat flip, whether it went in the dugout or didn't go in the dugout. But when your head coach, a man, takes the bat and he throws the bat into their their dog pile or their pile at students therefore you're belittling yourself you're bringing yourself down to a kid's level that's when i lost all respect for him you're supposed to set the example you're the head coach and when you take matters into your own hands and you take that bat and you just throw it at it'd be like kids coming and egging my house and then i take an egg and throw it at the kids what am I, what is that proving? And that's exactly what he did. But yet he wants to cry about Auburn bat flipping. But guess what was the most viral moment of Tennessee's year last year? The dude hit the home run. Sorry. You're bragging about a home run against Weber freaking state. <laughs> Weber state. You yeah, hit a home yeah. run against Weber State and you throw a yeah. bat flip to the moon and you were I'm like, oh my God, that was so lit. I just thought it was and guess what? Oh, yeah. It went into your own dugout, you idiot. But yet when it comes to Auburn, this little soft toss and you hit the freaking, you know, the fence on yours. And if you want to say rent-free Tennessee, hey, I'll pay my rent this year. I'm never late. But you're not going to no. sit there and throw hypocrisy and be against, like I said, that'd be like 
Arkansas bat flipping against NJIT, and we welcome and we take these people who come to our regionals and treat them like they're our little brothers and they respect. You look at Central Connecticut State who come in. Their fans have never seen an experience like they experienced at Arkansas. You look at NJIT. They've never seen an experience like they did against Arkansas. You go to the softball side of it when you had Princeton. Princeton said they'd never seen a campus, and they embraced them, and they enjoyed it. That's the biggest difference between Arkansas, business, and then you've got the Yahoo's over there out east. Yeah. Now, I, I hated Ole Miss so bad. I think I think Tennessee – Tennessee's blowing the them out of the water. Most hated. I, I don't think – I don't think there's another team in the SEC that's as hated universally by the other conference members as much as Tennessee. In baseball? In baseball. Okay. Yeah, in baseball there's no question. I don't even think nationally. I think just yeah. how they carried themselves and they got embarrassed at home. You know, they they let somebody come into their house and beat them like that after all that, you know, the chest thumping yeah. and the bat flips. I thought it was hilarious and they deserved it. And you know yeah. what? If you want to say the same thing that, about Arkansas last year, Go right ahead. That's fine, whatever. But I don't think they carried themselves the way Tennessee did this year. I don't think they ever carried themselves where they were acting like they were better than anybody else and they didn't think they could be beat. NC State just got hot at the right time and they beat Arkansas. Plain and simple, that's what happened. They they didn't sit there and act like they they, they could beat anybody. They got sent home. And you know what's funny? The team that you want to talk about – you 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 have a six and one record against the people that are left. Guess what? The team that beat you went zero and two. Yeah, <laughs> have fun with that, Tennessee. The team that beat you went zero and two in barbecue in Omaha. They're eating steak. They're with you right now on the couch. You're right. You're right. So Notre Dame has the same record as you do in the College World Series. Let that sink in. Zero percent. So. But we are coming up on a break, and after the break, we will continue to talk about the baseball game that is in the bottom of the eighth where Arkansas still leads 9-1. And I want to, before we go to the break, I want to really say that I'm really surprised that Will McIntyre is still in. His pitch count's up to 98, has 9K. So I guess the whole theory of me thinking that he would be available for that game two situation uh, against Ole Miss goes out the window there, but... They are currently up 9-1. They have 14 hits, and I get sidetracked a lot, but, you know, the record was 15 hits, correct? They're about to eclipse that yeah. hit record twice in the same series, in, in the same That's college world me. series. That's crazy. Because they had the game against Stanford, and now they are up to 14 hits in this game against Auburn. But we are going to come against a break, and when we come back, we will talk some football and also, we have uh, the basketball team is going overseas to play in what, what do we call it? A foreign, what do you call that? A foreign, foreign tour is what it's called in Italy and Spain. Okay. So, Italy and Spain. So, we'll be right after, after the break.
Shelby Taylor Trucking serves all your timberland needs in South Central Arkansas. With over 50 years in the industry, Shelby Taylor Trucking has established themselves as trustworthy leaders in the industry. From planting to harvesting to hauling your timber, Shelby Taylor Trucking is ready to serve you. Follow them on all social media platforms at Shelby Taylor Trucking. Learn more by visiting their website at staylortrucking.com. That's staylortrucking.com. McCoy Tiger Drugstore of Sheridan, Arkansas has been the top pharmacy in all of South Central Arkansas since 1895. They were also the 2020 Good Neighbor Pharmacy of the Year. They not only fix you up with your prescription with timely and friendly service, but also an elite gift shop. All your OTC needs, baby and wedding registries, tuxedo rentals, and much more. They're located at 821 North Rock Street in Sheridan. Give them a call today at 870-942-5121. And we want to welcome you back to the Hog Talk Podcast Live, brought to you by the Arkansas Brewing Company in Ozark, Arkansas. So be sure to go down there and see them. Christopher Brockett, Destiny Brockett down there in Ozark, Arkansas, and as well as all of our other sponsors, as you can see that are scrolling down to the bottom of our screen, Workman's Travel Center, which all of our guests are brought to you by the Workman's Travel Center hotline, A-plus insurance agency in Ozark, Corey Hyman, Granite Wright Stump Grinding in Northwest Arkansas, Shelby Taylor Trucking, and McCoy Tiger Pharmacy. And, Jacob, we'll start out with the basketball. Anthony Black. Had a big time showing with Team USA, and now they're off to Europe and and doing their, I guess what you can call, it's kind of a loophole where they can get some extra practice in and get some game time experience. And with this youth, I'll tell you what, if if one year can benefit them the most of having this kind of setting where you can go play some games in in, in a European setting where they really take their basketball serious, this ain't no slouch when they go overseas and play Play basketball. Just, just kind of guess. Give us a, a a synopsis of what's going on, wh- how many games, and, and what they will be doing while they're overseas. Yeah. So what they're going to be doing? They'll show up about ten days before the first uh, the first game, and so they'll they'll start practicing and uh, getting prepared for uh, what's going to be a four game road trip or a, a flight, and uh, they'll play Valencia. Uh, and then they'll go on to Madrid and play uh, two games against Madrid on August 11th and August 12th. And then they're going to fly to Milan, Italy, and uh, play against Lake Como, Italy uh, on August 14th. And that's a, uh, about a six-day period there. And then they'll return to Fayetteville on August 16th and uh, kind of right before classes start, kind of get them kind of get them accustomed to each other. Uh, Mike Anderson's team did that a couple of years ago before they went to uh, – I think the NCAA tournament, I think it was Daryl Macon and Jalen Barford's uh, final season. And so uh, the NCAA allows that every two or three years, they'll allow you to have the opportunity to go out and uh, do these foreign tours. So it kind of gives Arkansas the ability, which if you've been watching the uh, Razorback basketball Twitter at all, and if you haven't, you need to get on there and watch it. But these Razorbacks, this new team is so long. And they can test everything, whether it's at the rim, whether it's mid-range, whether it's at the three-point line. This Razorback team is longer, bigger, and likely stronger than any team that Musselman has had. And that says a lot because last season's team was gritty, but this team can score. 
and they they are big and can defend and, and I mean they can I, I think they'll probably lead the uh, conference in, in block shots. That's just my opinion uh, right now. But this team, I, I think they have a lot to live up to, and I think they will because you get all those McDonald's All Americans, all three of them, which Anthony Black was tremendous. The guys probably going to be a triple double machine at Arkansas. Uh, once he once he gets uh, uh, his feet wet in the SEC, the guy's gonna, probably going to have two or three triple doubles by the end of the season, uh, and, and it may not even be just on points either. Porter, this guy can he can he can uh, get you rebounds, he can get you he can get you on assists, he can he can probably even get you on steals too. So the guy the guy is a uh, four headed monster, uh, a good facilitator of the basketball man. And one, and this is kind of a two-part question I'll ask you. One, like I said, I mean, how much do you think this really benefits having such a young team, being able to, of course, being able to have a head coach like Musselman who's done every every level of coaching there is, but also with having so many of these freshmen, so many of these new guys, you're not just dealing with like a triplet situation where there's three of them coming in and there's so much pressure what do you, what benefits do you think because this is probably the most pressure any team's ever had at Arkansas that I can remember like being this young I mean yeah. what what benefits do you think it has having so many of them that if one does have a a bad game or star truck that somebody can fill in their role and really help things keep rolling and I think that's I think what you said there was true is they're they're gonna learn the ins and outs and then Musselman's gonna learn what these guys have and what they don't I mean, obviously, it's a small sample size of what he's going to see early on in the season because I, I think, you know, what Arkansas has is, is probably going to be more talent, have more talent on his teams than what they're going to have overseas with some of the colleges that they're going to play over there. I think you're going to be able to build chemistry. You're going to be able to build confidence and, and kind of give you an idea of what you're going to see on the floor uh, this season. What, what kind of uh, – uh, five you can put out there at a time. What kind of guys can you get uh, get some run on? Uh, what uh, what big guys are going to be able to be out there? We know we know that the athleticism between uh, Brazil and Jalen Graham and and you have the the two twins. I mean, you have the twins there, uh, the Mitchell twins. What guys are going to be able to uh, be out there at a time? Are you uh, are you going to be able to play Devo? Uh, what how is he going to be uh, be able to blend in? What's Kamani Johnson's role going to be? You're going to be able to see these roles. You're going to see the chemistry build, and you're also going to see uh, the freshmen get their feet wet. Now, I think that answers your question there, and I forgot what the second part of the question was. Well, just having so many freshmen, you know, being able to yeah. – if one person, say Nick Smith Jr., just has a bad game, you can insert somebody else. You know, you've got so yeah. many – freshmen coming in and so many high-class players that they're playing basically year-round and then they're playing in yeah. this overseas deal, you know. But my biggest thing is we talk about the offense, the scoring, the scoring, and scoring, but we also know, you know, from the defensive side of the ball, this going overseas and playing this style of Euro ball is really going to teach them, you know, you're going to be playing against men and, and, and you're going to be really relying on your defense. I mean, how that helps – I know it's an exhibition setting, but it kind of gives them an aspect of, you know, how to defend and what really Musselman expects of you. I think this is going to give a team the jump start. You're talking about a roster where it's 
very well needed to have this exposure in this. It's just like making a bowl game in football. You yeah. get those extra practices, and where this really actually means something is this leading up to your, your fall camp or whatever you want to call it. But I think this is going to be really good for this team and, and the bonding that any other sport, I think we're talking about the, the, the big three sports, just what we're talking about with, with basketball and, and how easy all it needs is one or two guys to really come in and really spark that team can make a difference between are you – a, a bubble team or you're a legit three, four seat. So they're going to benefit of knowing that these guys are studs coming in. And once this stuff clicks, they buy into really buy in what Musselman's saying and what he's proven over the years of coming into conference season. And they get that late start and really make that push. And, and other than Kentucky, I mean, and, and Kentucky and Alabama, I mean, there's really not a lot of, like, big-time talent in this conference. And Tashibway coming back for Kentucky, and then I, I think Alabama's got a bunch of starters coming back on, on their squad. But Arkansas should do very well in this, and I think this overseas project's really going to help them out. Yeah, I think I think that the SEC is going to be a very top-heavy league this year. Uh, just because you have those three teams. And you'll have Auburn. Don't We can't forget about them. Uh, LSU brought in some big-time transfers uh, there. Uh, obviously, they've got a, a guy that – a new coach there that uh, really – he coached in the NCAA tournament, had a really good year at Murray State, uh, brought some of his players over there and also brought some transfers from around the conference in too and a couple of four-stars. So, uh, they'll, they're probably going to be mid – in the middle there with Mississippi State. What's Ole Miss going to be – but. Be, to go back and, and, and stop trailing uh, and chasing the rabbits there, I really think Arkansas has the opportunity. My big thing is is Eric Musselman in his first two seasons, he really liked having a three-point defense. And I think that his, the, the length it obviously is the big thing here. I think Arkansas, if they can – can they hold them to less than 30% from uh, the three-point line? I think that's going to be something. Now, obviously, we saw that late in the season this past year is their three-point defense really turned up. And then their defense overall was just kind of something that was suffocating that that really took us for a ride. So uh, I really think Arkansas is going to benefit here being able to, to figure things out early on instead of getting getting into your, ex, your regular two exhibition games inside Bud Walton Arena and then jumping into a really a pretty good non-conference slate too. Uh, you can you're going to be able to take care of things early on, and I think a lot of people get mixed up in this whole three point thing. There's a lot of threes being shot in today's game. Yeah. I think I I mean yes, if, if take the take the women for example when they played Utah, you get 15 thrown up on you. I mean that's going to affect your game. I mean it is, and if a team gets hot and hits nine, 10, 11 threes against you, yeah. But we really got to look at this whole. I think we're putting too much on the three-point percentage because we really got to look at today's game yeah. and everybody's shooting threes. It's just nobody hardly runs just like the set play, get the ball down low, you know, run a set shot. or, or It's it's a lot of three-pointers being thrown up. So, I mean, not saying that a team catches fire, it doesn't really – doesn't matter because it does but I think we're putting way too much emphasis on the three-point percentage and the three-pointers when it comes to because both teams do it 
yeah. you know, we're looking at, yeah. well, Arkansas, is, is this worse? Say they're 200, then three-point percentage given up on defense. Well, let's look and see where Arkansas is on three-point percentage. And if they're in the top 10 or top 20, then it kind of evens itself out. So, but what I really look at this team and what's really going to help them you're, and where that comes into play is you have a bunch of scores on your team. You have a yeah. bunch of guys that are willing to drive and slash and draw fouls and, and get to the rim, people down low. And I think that's what's going to happen. And we're also – this is going to be another thing that they're going to work on. You look at these the, the freshmen and young kids, What and, and mark me saying this, where's their, where's their free throw percentage? How are they yeah. at the foul line? How are they going to be in a hostile environment on the road when the game matters and when it comes down to March – and we've seen so many games where the final three or four minutes is just basically free throw shooting. So that's we look at the three point percentage and we're like, well, this, this, well, we got to look at all the aspects. Where are you at on the defensive side of the ball? Where are you at on offense? But where are you going to be at one with this young team? Look at turnovers and you got to look at free throws. You got to look at those things when it comes to the mental side with this team being so young, that mental toughness is going to have to grow if they're going to make a big run to the elite eight. I mean, you can have all yeah. the scoring and stuff you want, but if mentally you throw one ball away, that can be the game changer of if you're going home or you're advancing in the tournament. So that I look at the intangibles and, and where this team's going to be at and how they come together. And I think being able to play together in a setting where they're overseas is really going to help them bring that continuity and, by March, they're going to be able to know where each other's at on a given play. And uh, I really like – I think this team's really athletic. I like their athleticism. I think – I don't know if this is really a term or not, but I think they're springy. If you if you look at the guys like Jordan Walsh, and I've seen Nick Smith live, the guy can jump out of the gym. You've got Trevin Brazil, the transfer from Missouri, who's really good around the rim. I look forward to seeing what he can do. Jalen uh, Graham, the Arizona State transfer, he can really run the floor. I think we're going to see a little bit more fast breaks than what we uh, what we were uh, used to. You know, you remember seeing the old Daniel Gafford windmill jams, you know, uh, the Michael Qualls dunks. This team's going to be athletic enough to to put those highlight reels and, and sports center top tens, uh, 10 plays up. This team is going to be really exciting, Porter, and I think, uh, I think you know, Arkansas has a really good shot and maybe even returning to their third to a third straight elite eight. And what better environment for these kids? You're talking about this explosiveness on and what thrives is is a good home environment. And what better environment is it to do it in in Bud Walton Arena? You know, we're talking about the best fans in the country a while ago. Let's talk at one of the best venues in America, you know, in Bud Walton Arena and just how electric it can be really be with nineteen two and you're playing against Kentucky and the the Kentucky players and the coaches are saying they couldn't even hear what was going on. So, you know, you you get this high profile team, and I hope that they can really, you know, they know the expectations. They really do. I hope they understand the expectations that have been put on them. And when this comes down down to it, and they're really in conference play, and they throw down that first windmill dunk or that alley oop, and they really catch fire. Say they're down four or six points to Auburn or Ole Miss or whoever it may be, and they throw that lob and or get a block in the defensive side and run down transmission transition and 
throw that alley-oop. Just, I think that's really going to spark a team. They're young, they're athletic, and like you said, and they can really score. And It's going to be very exciting to watch this team. Yeah, splashing, splashing from deep and dunking, man. It, that's, that is the fun, the NBA style. And, and what, the, what the game of basketball is now is, is the big threes from deep and then, and then going out and dunking the ball, man. It, it's it's going to be some special times over there in Fayetteville this year for the basketball team. I, I agree with you there. Give you a quick update on what's going on in the baseball game. For those watching live, we got two on with one out. Nine to one Arkansas, and they're threatening to score again with a three-one count. New pitcher in, so we're going to keep you updated again until the remainder of our, of our show. But we're going to move it on to our last segment, and uh, Jacob, again with you in the football team, you know, just kind of give us an update on what's going on there. Had some commitments, have some things going on, so kind of share what's going on with the football team and how they're doing with this summer camp. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm probably gonna butcher this kid's name. Uh, he's from Georgia. He uh, he was listed on uh, two four seven Sports as a offensive tackle, but Arkansas wanted him as a defensive tackle. I think he's six six, three hundred fifty pounds. A huge kid, massive. Uh, he's a twenty twenty three kid. And let me let me pull him up here. Is uh, ooh, now I can't even I can't find him anymore. But yeah. And then they had the uh, Ian 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 Jeffrard. Uh, it's a or Jeffrard. Uh, he's out of uh, out of Mableton, Georgia. He didn't have uh, many Power Five offers, uh, but he did he did have an offer from Auburn, obviously Arkansas State and Charlotte. Uh, just a, kind of a kid that was running under the radar. But Arkansas really fell in love with him as a defensive tackle. Georgia Tech, Louisville, Minnesota, North Carolina, and Texas were. Uh, Teams that were uh, were after him, uh, kind of you know, uh, uh, if you're going to be a big time defensive tackle like that, you, you kind of had to be able to be bendable. Uh, kind of had to be uh, more of an athletic kind of guy. I think uh, he's going to be a st- uh, run a run stuffer, and that's kind of what Barry Odom needs. And I really don't kind of like the guy's a low three a low three star, kind of like a kind of around the 86 range so he's he's halfway there to a four star but you, you think and you look at the things that Barry Odom's been able to do with this Arkansas defense taking guys that that were kind of lesser known and bringing them up there and saying hey you know we're gonna we're gonna let you sit for two or three years we're gonna let you gain strength kind of transform your body and turn you into what a into what a, we think you can be and I think Arkansas landed a pretty good kid there uh, and then they also had a Christian Ford. Uh, he's un, he doesn't have any kind of rankings right now, but uh, he's a six foot, uh, one hundred eighty five pound safety out of McKinney, Texas. Which obviously McKinney, Texas uh, breeds really good football players out there in the Dallas metro area. So uh, he had some pretty good offers uh, like Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado. So I mean, he's not just your regular unranked kid. He had Illinois offer, Memphis. Nebraska, uh, TCU. Obviously, there were several good Power Five uh, offers there too. So uh, Christian Ford, and then they have another kid uh, that that's a possible flip uh, from Michigan State too. So uh, kind of keep an eye on that. Uh, Dominique Bowman's on him, uh, the Razorbacks defensive back coach. So uh, kind of watch out for him. See uh, see what uh, he can do because obviously he's one of the better coaches and one of one of the young. Uh, I think he's the one of the top 30 
under 30 coaches, uh, assistant coaches there too. So Arkansas is really doing some things on the recruiting trail. Uh, and, and, you know, they may not have stars by their name right now, but they're really solid players. Uh, and uh, they'll probably re-rank these guys and give them a little, uh, a little recruiting bump or a score bump uh, before long too. Well, and you brought up Michigan State. It's all about how you develop them. It doesn't matter what kind of – I mean, it's good to have – you know, Alabama's really, you know, beat their chest on having, you know, five stars at at, at the backup position and stuff. But it's all how you develop. And and, and you get kids – you get a three-star – look look at this team, this program as a whole, you know, and and, and Grant Morgan and Bumper Pool and all these kids that come through the program who really want to be hogs and really want to play above their star rating. So, it – Stars really kind of don't matter because here's the deal. Whatever kid comes to Arkansas, he could be a three-star, but as soon as if, say, Alabama or OU offered him, now, oh, he, he, he all of a sudden found a fourth-star, you know, or a five-star. So it, it doesn't matter in the grand scheme. It, it's all window dressing when it comes to these stars, in my opinion. Yeah, they're really good players, but it's all about what you do when you get on campus, and I think that Arkansas is that special place and you do have that coaching staff. We're talking about Michigan State and what the, how they were able to, to produce and do the most with what they have. I think you've got the same similar kind of situation in Arkansas, and they're going to get somebody like, you know, Sam Pittman, Barry Oman, Kendall Bryles, that you get these kids on campus, you get these kids in camp, and they're going to treat them like they're their own kids. If you do wrong, they're going to get all over them, and they're not going to be candid. They're going to tell you, hey, look, don't screw up. I'm going to get all over you, but I'm going to love you. I'm going to treat you like – you know, my son. So, you know, that's another thing that I'm looking forward to. But I wanted to ask you a question. You're talking about run stopper. What do you think the, on the defensive side of things is most important when it comes to what they need to get to the next step with this defense is? Is it the run stopping or do you think it's the pass rush? I'm not really concerned about the run stopping you know, as much as I am the the pass uh, pass rush because – Arkansas over the past maybe five or six years hasn't had much of a, a run or a, 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 a pass rush besides uh, 2016 with Dietrich Wise. That, that was the last, really the only guy that we I can remember that we had a true pass rusher. Obviously, what, Trey what Williams was Flowers last, at? What was Flowers year. at? But uh, Trey, where was Flowers at? What what year was he when? Flowers, what, uh, he was 13 and 14. Okay, he graduated. Uh, he left in 14. So, so Dietrich Wise was really the last one. He had eight sacks in the 2015 season and then came back in 16 and had it like four or five. So the guy was really the last natural at it. Uh, a lot of it had to do with scheme because they moved to a primary 3-4 defense. And then since Barry Odom's been here, he's kind of had to do some patchwork with his defense. I think this year being able to move to more of a four-man front Gives Arkansas more of an opportunities and uh, and the ability to go out and uh, uh, rush the passer. You have the Jordan dominant kid out of Georgia Tech that's really really good. He's a he's a natural uh, defensive end. Zach Williams. I don't know if you've seen him on Twitter or not here lately, but the guy's freaking jacked. He was probably two hundred twenty pounds coming in from high school out of Joe T. Robinson. The guy is six foot four at least, maybe two hundred sixty five pounds, chiseled in stone. I mean, the guy looks good. And, and a defensive end guy that you really feel good about. You have Eric Gregory there, uh, who's a kind of a tweener between defensive end and defensive tackle. Um, and then you have, uh, let's see here, you, I think you have like a Isaiah Nichols who could probably also play end a little bit too, but he's more of a primary uh, defensive tackle too. 
But I think Arkansas's defense, uh, defensive pass rush could improve, and I'll actually be talking about that more in depth in an article that I have coming out with uh, Saturday Down South this week. I'm uh, uh, finishing it up, uh, but it breaks down what I think uh, could be better, uh, could be worse, or about the same as far as the defense goes. Yeah, and we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking more about, you know, once the baseball season ends up, we're really going to get yeah. kick-started in, in, into the the football season. And you see down here, for those who are watching live, it's 9-1, bases loaded with two outs. Auburn is doing a pitching change at the moment as we wrap things up. So we will not be here through the entirety of the game. But be sure to, you know, keep watching, keep rooting on the Hogs, and hopefully they can get through this game and, and double-dip Ole Miss and – by the time we come back next week, you, you you never know. We might be talking about how Arkansas is doing in the championship series. So, you know, how all that lines up. But we really want to thank you again for tuning in for another live show. Jacob, do you have anything else before we wrap up? Man, I think that's it, man. Besides uh, what I've got coming up this week, that's, that's it. Uh, man, I really do appreciate everybody coming on tonight and uh, watching the show. I know uh, – I know everybody wanted to watch the Hog Talk podcast over uh, over the Razorback oh, baseball yeah. team any day. Maybe oh, yeah. you can, maybe you can uh, watch it like we've been doing the whole time, too. Exactly. But uh, hey, yeah. I really do appreciate y'all uh, coming on and watching tonight. Y'all seen our heads turn, and we're keeping it going. You know, for, uh, me working for a satellite company, I kind of get the, the, the perks of having multiple TVs up in my little studio. So I'm kind of striving on or thriving on having, having a couple TVs watching multiple screens. But I really want to thank our fans. What's that? I saw you going cross-eyed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a couple couple little screens, you know. But I really want to thank our fans who were interacting with our comments. We really, you know, we have the ability to, you know, throw your comments. So anybody want to have any questions, comments, be sure during our broadcast to throw them up there. If you have questions, we could show them on our screen. Give us something to talk about. Answer your questions during our live broadcast. And so, but that will do it for another episode of the Hog Talk Live. We are always brought to you by Bet Online, and we really want to send a special shout out to our partners at Believe and the Buzz Radio Network for letting us be a part of your your networks as well as all of our sponsors. And that will do it. We will catch you next week. Woo pig, go hogs! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.